Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Tuesday, April 12th. Every 10 years, lines are drawn to establish the districts that are represented by the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. Every 10 years, it's a very contentious process. This year is no different, and the final maps are due this Friday. How contentious? Just this past weekend, a marathon meeting lasted more than 10 hours and resulted in four of the nine task force members tasked with redrawing these maps got up and left before a vote approving the final draft could even be conducted. So what are the pain points? Why is it so contentious? To help us break this down, a guy who understands these things is our KCBS Radio Insider, Phil Matier. So this has been a lot of drama. There's a lot of passion and intensity behind these arguments and debates. What has led us to this point right now? Why is this such a contentious thing in San Francisco, the redrawing of these districts and these boundaries? Well, it's not just in San Francisco. We're seeing this play out on the national level in various states like Maryland, uh, Georgia, Texas, California. It's redistricting. Uh, we do the census. We take account of how many people they are and where they are. And each district, whether it's a congressional district or a board of supervisors district, you name it, state assembly district, is made up of a certain number of the populace, and it has to be divided. How we divide that becomes a fight on all sides. As I said, on the national level, it is Democrats versus Republicans, both sides saying the other side is trying to redraw or draw the lines in order to enhance their power. In San Francisco, it's a smaller opera, but the tune is pretty much the same. The words are a bit different. Rather than Republican and Democrat, it's progressives versus moderates. It's people of underdeveloped or underserved communities versus the affluent. Not necessarily uh, exactly in the national, but it basically boils down to power. Who gets it going forward? So a couple of folks with some stakes in this conversation that, that are really 
uh, unhappy with this process and the way that it's playing out, a couple of communities ha have stood out in what I've read and what I've followed. Um, the LGBTQ plus community and the Asian American community. So the stakeholders who are most vocal in this process right now, what are their concerns about the way that these boundaries are being redrawn? Well, first of all, let's let's also elaborate a little bit on the division of, of communities and the idea of communities voicing concern. Okay. In redistricting, it's often the activists who are uh, voicing concern. Uh, the community goes about its daily, daily work, but the activists are very keen on where the lines are because that dictates the voters within that district, and that could influence the outcome of future elections. Now, in San Francisco, we've seen a tremendous, tremendous burst in growth in the last 10 or 15 years, and that's led to a lot of changes in the neighborhoods. We didn't have a Mission Bay and a South of Market and a Bayview that is littered with high-rises now that are quickly filling up. Who is going into those high-rises and how they vote is a big concern. Out in the hate, there's questions there. But a lot of this is, has to do with the push and pull of just a changing and growing city within its own 48 square miles. And how do you re redraw it? So when we hear about communities like the LBGT community or uh, the Latino community or the homeless community and their concerns, they're legitimate. But what we're talking about here is that the blinds are moving. And let's say one district like South of Market and the Tenderloin, which is filled with lower income areas, is going to be possibly split between two districts, uh, areas that were progressive or African-American in the Bayview are going to be redrawn out. And that has got, you know, the supervisors who, by the way, are looking at re-elections or elections of their successors, very concerned because it's a question of who's going to vote. And so it gets very emotional, and especially in San Francisco, because all things political aren't just emotional, they're on steroids. <laughs> That's true. In particular, with a, a, a district that covers a place like Chinatown, with some of the discussions right now center around Chinatown potentially having being redrawn to a, an extent that reduces the Asian American population by 2.13. And what that means is obviously is that reduces by 2% the Asian Americans who are registered voters that can vote in a district that is District 3 Chinatown. Explain that kind of the, for a dummy like me, Phil, like how in the world could you have a, a district in Chinatown that reduces Asian American population? Well, it's pretty simple because Chinatown isn't what it used to be. And the icon or your image of it isn't necessarily the reality. Mm. There was a time when Chinatown was the Chinese center of San Francisco. But today, most of the city, you go out to the avenues, that's where the, the, the Chinese voters are. And they're electing Chinese officials and Chinese supervisors. But Chinatown is historical, not necessarily just uh, for the voting. It, by the way, right now, it is being represented by Aaron Peskin who the last time I looked is not Chinese. That's correct. Uh, and he's been elected several times over. And, uh, and the Chinatown area is part of a larger mosaic that includes North Beach. It includes the Telegraph and, and, and uh, Hills and other areas. It is a progressive bastion, but things are changing. And there is an unspoken thing in here that is, is sort of quietly not being said, is that many of the new immigrant communities are more moderate or conservative than that in the past. And so people are trying to hold on to their politics. And a lot of this comes down to the question nationally is 
is the purpose of redistricting or just drawing lines to keep the power as it is? Mm -hmm. Is it to create new power bases or is it to reflect the city as a whole and do your best to include everyone in the mix? And that's where it gets dicey because everybody has a different definition of that, whether they're in Georgia or they're in uh, Pennsylvania or on Petrail Hill. So what I'm hearing at the end of the day, this may just boil down to just a a vibrant city continuing to evolve its way through the never-ending growing pains of being a city this size and this diverse. Is that a fair way of distilling it? That's true. Uh, that is. Now, in this drama comedy that we call San Francisco politics, you also have to throw in the theatrics. Now, a lot of this that people are upset because the, these lines were being drawn in the early morning hours. Uh, they, they said, hey, wait a minute, where's the input? Where's everybody's discussion? Well, here's what we had. In the past, the state legislature and local and politicians around the country drew the lines, and they drew them in a partisan way, and they have for years. We have now moved into the idea of citizen-appointed committees to do this work. And then it becomes, well, who's getting appointed? And then it becomes, well, are, are they on our side? And so during this drama, we had you know one group that was uh, the progressives were saying, we don't like the picks that are some of these picks that are pushing for some of these changes and we want them pushed out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the mother said, wait a minute, what kind of democratic process is that? Right. If you don't agree with a, pro- a citizen commission, you get rid of the citizens. I mean, it, that sounds like something back in the days of like when Willie Brown was drawing the lines up in Sacramento, you don't agree with me. Goodbye. That's not the way it is. And there was a pushback on that. That was kind of embarrassing for the progressives going, you're the ones that want transparency. You're the ones that want this. And by the way, the reason the lines are being drawn at three o'clock in the morning is because people keep talking until three o'clock in the morning about <laughs> right. this. Yeah. Again, mentioned at the top of this conversation, the folks who cover city hall proceedings never know if they're going to be getting out of there at 9 p.m. or they're going to be getting out of there at 9 a.m. the very next day because of things like public comment. Last question, Phil. I'm glad that you mentioned and you've mentioned this thread throughout our conversation that this isn't just a San Francisco thing. This is what's going on nationally. And go back to like 2018, go back to 1992 with the wave of women that were elected into the U.S. Congress after the uh, tumult of the Clarence Thomas confirmation hearings, for example. I think it would the hope ultimately be that as diversity spread, like people moving out of Chinatown into other neighborhoods in San Francisco, right? That That puts more Asian Americans in other communities that typically didn't have a large or substantial uh, representation. So Correct. isn't the hope that ultimately people of different backgrounds and different uh, walks of life will ultimately run for office to represent as many communities as possible? It is. It is. But in the interim, everybody wants to hold on to what they've got and whether it's for them or their successor or they're just power base. Yeah. And you're right. It is a, as, as, as we as Americans split out. And it's not just San Francisco. The entire Bay Area, especially the suburbs, are a lot more diverse than they were 15 years ago. Incredibly more. Uh, look at the high Indian population in Fremont, uh, the Asian American and now in Dan Ramo- San Ramon and Danville that wasn't there 15 years ago. But it's also a different kind. It's a more moderate. Uh, these are people that uh, are not necessarily coming out of the progressive uh, uh, rainbow coalition of the 70s, and that which is starting to show its age. They're a different group. And there's also the argument to be made, okay, is it better to have one district that is all one thing? Or do you split that district up and give them voices in four different seats? 
Because remember, elections are won by putting coalitions together and responding to different groups. And if you have, you can have one seat that votes one way all the time, or at least is perceived to be that, or do you divide it up among two or more and say, okay, now they're going to have to pay attention to us as well in three different areas. That's the, the, the back and forth. One's a bet on a sure thing, and the other one's a bet on the future. Some of us aren't betting people, and that's the, that's the scary part, right? I'll tell you what. You, you, know, you know, Matt, what, what the greatest secret about reapportionment uh, uh, and, and redistricting is, hmm. and the one that nobody really talks about, all you got to do is vote. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Okay, you can draw the lines anywhere you want, but unless the people get out and vote, it doesn't matter. So that's the one that counts. Absolutely. Phil, we appreciate it, especially as you folks listening may have heard uh, something in the background. Phil is actually at the airport, so we wish you safe travels and thank you for the time, my friend. All right. Take care. And thank you for listening. New episodes of Bay Current are out every day. We'd love to be part of your daily routine and have you subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it, just about anywhere you listen. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 